Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh, so, did you do anything good over the weekend, Amla? Yeah, I mean, uh, Power of the Doctor came out, mate. What? And Jodie Whittaker regenerated. What? And David Tennant is now the Doctor. What? Hello, and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your sniffly host, me. <laughs> <laughs> Confusion no, no, no. in the air at the Come Along Pond podcast because I'm also quite sniffly. It's cold outside. It's cold. But anyway, who, who are we? Uh, I'm Elliot. And I'm Damla. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, my God, babe. What the fuck? Oh, I'm bloody knackered. I'm actually emotionally drained. I'm actually low-key emotionally drained. It's been, it's been too much. It's been... Almost too much. In fact, I think I'm, I think I think it's time to call it quits. I think I can't do this anymore. I can't. I can't. I simply can't. I simply can't take the epicness. I can't do it. I. It was. Yeah, I can't even words. Words. Do you know what? We're gonna save it for the review portion. We're gonna start off 
with two things. We're first going to start off with two lovely emails, which are from two previous email senders. And just to yes. preface, preface, whatever, it's just a joke at this point, isn't it? Um, we did get emails before this. And if you're wondering, oh, hang on, I sent my email a while ago. We pre-record a lot of our episodes and they are coming up. So you have actually been already read out. So technically we've already done them. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. So this <laughs> is this is coming out after school reunion, as you all know. And it's coming out before Girl in the Fireplace and the Cyberman 2 part of which we have already recorded. So emails that have arrived before these, we've read out on those episodes. So we do apologise for the timey wimey weirdness. However, both these emails are specifically to do with the power of the Doctor. So there's no real other time that we could have read them out either. Yeah, very apt. They're very apt for now. So I'm going to get up the first one here, which was the first one we received basically as the episode ended last night, which was lovely. Um, also, there Dem- are spoilers in this, by the way, just to say, if that wasn't obvious. Yeah, throughout the whole episode. Starts finish. Starts, I mean, from the literal beginning. And this email, um, and I'm, I'm, I'll definitely point it out to you, uh, has one of my favourite things that anybody's ever maybe said to me. It's hilarious. Um, okay. <laughs> but Dan, Dan's read this one and uh, she hasn't read the other one, so here we go. This time. is from previous emailer, Lewis. Hi, Lewis. To D&E. What? Well, not <laughs> really, because I knew what was coming, but oh my goodness, did it still make my little childhood heart skip. When David Tennant was dropping fan service lines about his teeth, my good fucking God. Not sure when you'll be getting this email, hopefully in time for when you're recording a breakdown of the episode. Congratulations, Lewis. You sent an email on time. But yeah. wow, yeah, that was an episode. <laughs> yeah, that was, was an it? episode. <laughs> As someone who hasn't really vibed with this ear of the show, like, at all, with only a few little diamonds in the rough, this was an episode that I thoroughly enjoyed. Intensely messy plot with fan service galore, but at the end of the day, I'm a fan, and as much as I resent myself for it, I'll happily eat up all the Doki Who fan service they throw my way. Honestly, Lewis, same. Same, sis. Didn't, didn't quite realise how much of it I would eat up. Same. Especially when it's seven and ace. Same. Now that had uh-huh. me with an ear-to-ear grin and tears in my eyes. Speaking of which, I can't wait for Damla to experience the wonder that is ace, our socialist queen, when we reach the seventh Doctor Aww. era in about ten years. Um, I'm excited. Also it's going to happen. Because Ace is definitely socialist revolutionary queen. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for how utterly inarticulate and rambling this email is. Lewis, don't be hard on yourself. It's lovely. Just going into RTD2 has me so unbelievably excited, as I'm sure it has you two. Lots of love. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Bring on 14. Love, Lewis. P.S. And then this is my favourite thing. I'm sorry, everybody's email has been lovely, but it's my favourite thing that anybody's ever typed to us. That yeah. someone would willingly say, and it's amazing. Yeah. P.S. They leap. They let Shooty keep his gorgeous slutty moustache, and I couldn't be happier. Sexiest Doctor incoming. Oh, so, I so agree. So agree. His moustache is slutty. So slutty. Yeah, thank you. I mean, thank you for getting in touch again. It's lovely to hear that you basically have the same thoughts as us but we're not going to speculate too much on the contents of the email because you will hear all about it as we get into the episode but we do appreciate hearing from you so lovely that you got back in touch and yeah thank you lewis i'm also glad that you're excited for down to experience sylvester mccoy and dates i'm excited for it are you joking and we have a wonderful email here from our wonderful listener aubrey who has re-emailed in, again, mostly to discuss the power of the Doctor, and Damla has not heard any of this, so let's go. It says, hi, hello, sorry to email again, but after seeing Jodie's last episode, I just had to email in, and wow, just wow. 
I must admit, the story was very wobbly, and the effects were wobbly also, but the nostalgia got me. After seeing Bradley back as the first Doctor, Peter Davison as five, Colin Baker's good old Sixty and Sylvester McCoy as seventh, all brilliant. Then the reveal that truly got me. Paul McGann is back. Truly hit me in the heart. His third ever appearance on screen, and it truly hit me. All absolutely brilliant. It truly made the episode for me, as well as Jodie. And then the regeneration absolutely freaked out. That's like that's in capitals. I was exactly like Damler. Yes, because we've all seen Damler's face now. Uh, oh yeah, it's seeing... on TikTok. My reaction, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very good. Seeing their reaction was truly brilliant. Sorry, I've emailed again. I just had to email my thoughts. I'm so excited to hear your two thoughts. Thank you very much for what you do, Aubrey. No, thank you very much for emailing in, Aubrey. Thank you for what you do. What you do thank is you, bestie. Be an amazing, beautiful human being. Love you, Aubrey. Bestie, actual bestie. But again, all of all of the topics hit to be discussed throughout the episode. But yes, if you haven't seen Daniel's reaction, good content. Okay, so another thing that I want to bring up, just before we get into this review, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, but I just feel like it needs to be said. So... What's been made very clear to me in this week run-up to The Power of the Doctor is that some people really are just absolutely rude and disrespectful and just don't realise that people who act these characters out are actually human beings. I mean, let's not forget this show isn't actually set in reality here. And everything you say about existing showrunners, actors, whatever... You would be surprised what people read online. Like, you would be so surprised. Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, Taylor Swift nearly reads and sees everything on TikTok. And she's Taylor Swift. So I think it's just as easy for Jodie Whittaker to probably go online and read some, you know, just horrific, horrific things. Now, it's I'm not saying that if you don't like something, you should force yourself to like it just to be nice. That's not what I'm saying. But there is a way to conduct oneself when it comes to, you know... I'm sorry, it doesn't matter what you think about Jodie's era. Because, you know, Elliot and I aren't the biggest fans of Jodie's era either. We've not made that a secret. However, I know, and we all probably know, that Jodie is a wonderful, wonderful lady. Wonderful human being. So, Chris Chibnall, it doesn't matter whatever you think about his writing, he is still a creative and he has earned his place in television and he is a very, very intelligent human being yes some of his writing is fucking clunky and it's not my favorite but at the end of the day he's a he's a fucking human being so i just it's not cute being rude is not cute and it's not quirky and it's not funny so fucking pack it in and also you know jody is a lot of people's doctors and elliot i don't know about you but i've seen just so many people just kind of disrespecting other people's opinions and feelings towards jody if Jodie is someone's doctor, why does that actually bother you? Like, actually self-analyse and just look at yourself and think, why does this bother me? Maybe you're a misogynist. Maybe you're a dickhead. Who knows? I've, I've been very fortunate to mostly see the side of Twitter of people who enjoy her, sometimes maybe a bit too much, but I'm very lucky, actually, that I sort of get to isolate myself away from um, wider opinion because then occasionally when I do see wider opinion when I say wider opinion I don't mean popular opinion I mean you know uh, opinions wider than the ones I see on my Twitter spaces um, you do go god people are fucking horrible um, something pertinent that I want to say if I'm allowed of course because um, uh, it's down the segment I let her write this um, <laughs> even if you didn't like 
Jodie Whittaker, you didn't like the writing, you didn't like the ear, you didn't like the doctor, whatever, right? It's fine. But don't forget, the people who instigate this, the people who make this a hot-button culture war issue, YouTubers, anti-SJW weirdos, and people like uh, Doomcock or whatever his name is, you know, Nerdrotic, all those people, geeks and gamers, they claim their issue is with clumsy writing and bad acting, and it seems reasonable at first. Uh, you go, of course, yeah, that's my problem with it as well, right? I don't particularly think she's good as a doctor, I don't like the writing, okay, yeah, that seems reasonable. Uh, and then they go, oh, but what we need is we need, like, someone back, someone who will do good. We need David back. He could save the show. And David Tennant comes back. And then, of course, Ross C. Davis comes back. And they go, Ross C. Davis will save the show. And then Ross C. Davis casts a black man as the Doctor. And the mask slips. And they're back on the hate train because ultimately for them it is not about quality. It is not about good content. It is not about quality of writing. It is about the Doctor only in their eyes being able to be a straight white male hero for them to look up to and it's fucking gross they're fucking racist sexist fucking pigs they should be banned off youtube and if you support them or follow their twitter accounts engage with them in any way you don't dare fucking listen to this podcast elliot elliot hello have i ever mentioned that i fucking love you (laughs) love you too no that was perfectly put gorgeously put and you know what before we get into the episode last thing i'm gonna say Jodie Whittaker, we love you. I love you. Actually want to give you a hug. Literally want to give her a hug. And do you know what? Love the woman. Adore the woman. Well, someone tell me what the hell is going on here. Well, I'll tell you what the hell is going on here. Um, Technical issues. Once again, we've been blighted by poor broadband providers because we live in the cesspit that is the UK. Uh, we've also been blighted by my seeming inability to get a phone signal in my house because it is 2022 and Kevin Bacon lies on the EE adverts. Um, but that's fine. Liar. That's absolutely liar. Absolute piss end. Liar. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> you may be able to <laughs> dance in a warehouse in your vest, mate, but you can't get a fucking phone to work. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're, we're back. It's a different night of the week, but we're back to carry on talking about the power of the Doctor and we have news. We have news! Satellite 5. We are the news. So, we have a new logo, man. We have a new logo. And you know what? She's stunning. I love... I was always rather sceptical of there being a sort of update of the diamond logo and sort of going, eh, would it work? But, yeah, it does. does it fucking look, works. Does that Bad Wolf have resources far beyond my own imagination? I mean, look, we've I think we have mentioned this on the pod before, but we really like Jodie's logo. I really love it. I do. I really like the simplicity of Jodie's logo. I think it's gorgeous. It's stunning. It's probably my favourite that we've had so far. Until this moment, because this new logo... Has so much t-shirt potential. I'm gonna say that right now. Mm, definitely. I like. I, I've, I never put too much thought into logos, but I always feel like I enjoy the taxi cab logo as it was uh, deemed by fans, mostly because of nostalgia. And then it's all just a bit generic, isn't it? Until Jodie's, where Matt Smith's logo, or the era, the logo of his era, was just 
Yeah, yeah. Let's leave it there. Um, it it, it was what it was. Um, yeah, I never likes <laughs> I never likes the DW in the middle either. Yeah, it's just ugly. It's just ugly. Uh, and I'm aware a lot of people have that tattooed, so I'm sorry, but <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> it's not our fault if you make poor life choices. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so new logo, stunning. It came very soon after the end of Power of the Doctor. I have to say. Bit quicker than bit, bit too quick, I think. I think they could have given it a week. Yeah, I don't really know what what's happening here. Um, because what, tell me, can you tell me what the hell's going on here? So I tell you what the hell is going on because we have we have basically confirmed dates for the specials, which I guess is its own side bit of news. But they are not meant to be airing until one big block in November, yeah, twenty twenty three. We've had so much content already. And I'm not going to put my speculating hat on and be like, oh, this is because actually it's a secret double blind and we're getting one at Christmas or whatever. I don't think that. Um, I think we've just been, and I don't want to trash an era that's just gone out, but uh, I think we're just so used to, hey, there's a new series of Doctor Who coming out. When? Oh, no, sometime maybe. I'll tell you a day before release. Okay, bye. And now it's like, this is how actual marketing for your massive fucking flagship tv show works no um, literally so literally yeah it feels like we're being spoiled because they're doing the bare minimum no literally but here's the thing here's the gag and here's the goodle and doodle um <laughs> for me for you uh anyway uh new logo <laughs> comes with a new streaming service what, what where what 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 what? what? No, yeah, you're so right. There is uh, the looming spectre of Disney over Doctor Who at the moment. And that is because in well, international markets, um, Doctor Who specifically in America has always been handled by BBC America. And then it has existed, I think, with various other rights holders across different countries. Um, and it's probably broadly been inaccessible. So now everywhere outside of the UK... Doctor Who is uh, a Disney Plus property. They get streaming rights. I'm not entirely sure if it's still... I would assume it's still aired on BBC America, um, but they have entered into a partnership with Disney Plus to be the streaming provider for it, uh, just for... I think just for New Who at the moment. And I would also assume that they will uh, release New Who stuff um, on there from Chris Ruggston running up to what will then eventually be the current era stuff. This doesn't affect anything for UK folk. It will still be broadcast on BBC One. Uh, Rossi Davis still at the helm, produced in cooperation with the BBC and Bad Wolf. Disney are just, at the moment, just essentially distributors that don't have any say over the product. Now, interesting. Well... They, well, well, have stumped up quite a lot of cash for it, uh, and apparently they are contributing towards the budget, which I mean, nice. We like our favourite show having a big budget. Yeah. Um, and you know, hey, maybe Disney can fund some of my animations. I'd love that. That'd be great. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's not like they've not got the money, is it? Um. However, I think um. I think we should all just be careful, personally. I don't think we should just celebrate it as a win. 
glad that Doctor Who fans might have a more accessible streaming platform to, for it to be going on to. But I just think we should watch out and be careful because Disney do just develop everything. And I don't, they would never be able to buy up the show, but I don't want them having a creative stake in the show because I don't enjoy Disney as a company or a conglomerate. And I think yeah. there's maybe something to be said for the idea of complacency or celebration of them putting money into it that then maybe means people will have their guard down if they make further advances in their sort of involvement towards the show. I'm going to put one thing out there because I don't want to talk about this too much until we know more. There's already been fake, they're all fake, uh, these like, oh, new spin-off show, Rose Tyler, no. the, di- yeah. the, the Dimensions or something. And it's like, first of all, don't play with my heart like that. Don't. <laughs> don't. Um, but also it's like the only thing personally I would be interested in is something along the lines of like Sarah Jane Adventures where it just makes sense to do like yeah. that spin-off show, you know? Um, a lot of people are like, bring Torchwood back and we've been saying that for 10 years but first of all I think they've missed the boat completely and as you know I'm a Torchwood girly I'm a fucking big Torchwood girly love Torchwood to the day I die but I genuinely think they've missed the boat on that one by like four years genuinely I think it's just too late I think it is what it is now um if anything if you're gonna do Torchwood something do something with Gwen Cooper series with Gwen Cooper I'd fucking watch that shit all day long anyway but he'd Elliot's words. But you know what? On to some happier news along with that. We've got some lovely promotional content with Shooty this week. Literally, it's all happening so fast. He looks... Oh, I can't. I... That man is a gorgeous individual. And he was on... Uh, what was it? Is it Ryan and Kelly? Kelly and something? Some American show. They always have to... American talk show with that Kelly woman. Anyway. Up in the morning with coffee with Brett Hawthorne and Kelly McGee. That's yeah. what she called. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly McGee. Um, <laughs> Miss McGee. Uh, <laughs> um, no, he was on the talk show and he was just... Do you know what this told me? It was like, okay, we're already back to how it used to be when this show was like, we were doing interviews, we were doing the up most and it's like it's not even back yet and we're already on that level and i love it um and we've got some photos of shooting in front of the tardis which i enjoy so much i can't wait for an outfit reveal because they keep putting him in things that look close to an outfit that aren't well, an outfit give him a scarf give him a scarf he's wearing a he's scarf. in a lot of dior he's in a lot of prada and i'm here mm. for it on to on to the last bit of news for today Really quick shout out to Sylvester McCoy. As always, Sylvester... We are big... Sylvester... (laughs) We are big Sylvester McCoy girlies on this podcast. Love that man. Um, He did a little shout out to the fans because obviously he... (gasps) Spoiler, like we said up top. um, If you don't want to be spoiled, fucking go now. Um, You know, he makes an appearance in the centenary... And he made a video saying thank you to the fans. And there was some beautiful rolling of the R's, you know, power, power of the Doctor. It Um, was wholesome as hell, as to be expected with Sylvester McCoy. It was just lovely. I think you should go and watch it. Go and support the video because we love him. And I was saying to Elliot off mic just before we were recording that I sometimes watch his message to Shooty just to feel something. And that was our second ever episode. 
It actually was. Yeah. But yeah, my favourite bit of the video is when he goes, welcome to our unique club. Welcome to our unique club. The Doctor Who Club. It's the way he says it. It just makes me happy. The, the way the head rolls round, it's great. He's always got his hands on his lapels. Anyway, so I think it's time to get to the episode. We're all, we're all waiting. We're all uh, we're chomping at the bit. We gotta we gotta do it. Well then, let's not leave the people waiting. Let's give them what they want. So today on the show we are talking about Series 30, Episode 9, The Power of the Doctor. It was broadcast on the 23rd of October 2022. It was directed by Jamie Magnus Stone and written, for potentially the final time, by Chris Chibnall. Chrissy Chib, the Chibster, the Chibi Chibi Choo. The chippy chippy chew. Okay, I need sleep. Anyway, something very funny on. about giving people full full names when they only use shortened versions. Something very funny to me about saying Christopher Chibnall. Christopher, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that is be like, weird. yeah, Steve Moffat, Moffmeister General. We're calling him that. No, that's it. Not the Moffmeister General. That's it. <laughs> no, no I'm being a, serious. Then I think it's a fucking other names to call him. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh dear, dear Lord, what a sad little life, Jane. <laughs> So, up top, big question for you. Big question. Button. Button. What, damn Lord, do you think this episode was about? You didn't do the thing with IMDb. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. No, come on, do it. No, I, want, I want to hear it properly. Tell me. Okay, all right. I think you said I got so wrapped up in button. Yeah. You did. Damler. Mm. I know what I think this episode is about. I know, boy, do I know what Chris Chibnall thinks it's about. I know what Google thinks it's about. I know what IMDb thinks it's about. I wonder what you think it's about. Well, what do I think it's about? I think it's about the fact that no matter what the hell is going on, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, you've broken your ankle, um... You're, you know, you're, you're, you've just been fired from your job. The world is literally burning around you. The planet is dying in that moment. Literally, the sky's cracked in half like in Sound of the Drums. There's always time for an ice cream. That's what it's about. Powerful. There's always time to treat yourself, sis. Important, strong. I like it. What about you? I think. For you. For me, I believe that this episode is a important lesson in how you can have incredible direction, mm. uh, a pretty out-of-this-world effect budget, yeah, a great cast, effective writing, but someone, someone's someone got to know how to edit. Yeah, you're not a fan of the edit of it, are you? I should have called this one Doctor Who, The Power of Editing. Yes. Um, it's it's fine. I've seen, seen maybe aggressively worse, but also there are some, some shots and moments in this that objectively... Don't work at all because the editing is too clumsy. 
But yeah, so I mean, look, 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 darling, where do we even start? Because we could start from the beginning. Oh, We're not going to talk about the thing at the end yet. I think we should save it. Mm-hmm. Because. <laughs> because, yeah. That's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one thing I actually love. So up top, right up top, as we always like to say, right up top. The Cybermaster design always pleases me. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The design is very creative and nice and quite pleasing. Um, I definitely... They definitely definitely don't feel as odd in this episode. Um, Yeah, same. Yeah, exactly. In Timeless Children, and I think are they in Essential Cybermen as well. What are you talking about? What's that? The Timeless Children, what's that? No, being dead serious, what's that? Well, no, because obviously, obviously, Jodie Whittaker never got that finale. Never happened, remember? Because yeah. I think that was the finale that was supposed to come out, but then never came out because there were some issues, and they just never did it. Are you talking about that one? Sorry, my mistake. So, in in Ascension of the Cybermen, um, the Cybermasters uh, fine. I don't know; they're a bit weird. I think they they stand around in too many overlit rooms, just kind of looking like odd props. But yes, used to good effect here. And they can regenerate, which is interesting and exciting. It was so cool. I thought it was really cool. I mean, look, I have to say, the opening of this had me going, ooh, you know? Yeah, like, so it did in the, when they all got shot and then they started, I, I did, punch the person I was sitting next to and go, oh my god, they're regenerating. I was like, because the yeah. Cyber Masters, they're regenerating. Yeah. But. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, for, spoiler alert, for an episode that I really liked. Yeah. Really, personally. Had a lot of fun didn't, with. Didn't like the intro. Fair enough. Um, it's just too, too much. The the effects are bad. Like them standing on top of the bullet train was hurting my eyes. Yeah, um, I I feel like right. The bit that I liked about the intro, I liked the Cybermasters. I liked how when um he grabbed that woman and was like, "You will be deleted." Da 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 da. Um, and you know, seeing the Doctor Yaz and Dan in their spacesuits, space in their space suits. Sorry. As you know, does many things for me. <laughs> yeah. Love that. But do you know what I hated? Let's just get into it straight away, if you don't mind. Go. Go, go, go. Dan's exit yeah. is so crap because it's just obvious that they had to write out um, John Bishop for some reason. He probably had a, like a commitment or something that paid him more money. I don't know. Um but they were like, they need to get... I can't imagine them getting Dan out for any other reason than that early because he had filming conflicts or something else or he had to do something else. Right? Yeah, or just... I don't know, because... Yeah, Legends of the Sea Devils was meant to be the final episode. Yes. This was very last minute. Yes. Which, again, spoiler alert, is kind of why a lot of it doesn't feel really relevant to much of what's yeah. come before. Again, really, yeah. really liked it, but it does feel very disconnected. Um, yes. And I wonder if I wonder how much of that just extends to Dan as well, where they were just like, oh, we've got too much of stuff to wrap up on Earth with Dan, 
Zofie can't come along for the adventure. But also, you got Graham in there. I no 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 no. I enjoyed seeing Graham again. But if there's a role that can be filled by Graham, maybe it can be filled by Dan. So I'm saying. Yeah. Tighten your script a little. Tighten that script up. And I don't know. It just his exit was. Do you know what my exact notes are for it? Dan's exit was just nothingy. Dan Lewis travelled for an entire series and two specials in the TARDIS. Got almost killed by Daleks. Almost killed by Sea Devils, though of course he ultimately murdered a whole squad of them. Um, And they land back and she can't even give him a house. Do you know what it is? Even just to improve it a tiny bit more, it would have been cool because I I missed seeing Diane with Dan, to be honest. Um, I think Dan as a character, we will get to it when we talk about Jodie, when we talk about Flux. Um, I think Dan had a lot of potential to be really good and his whole arc is just lacking in many ways. Right. Idea. Idea time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pitch, right? Dan leaves near the start because he has a date Mm. with Diane. Yeah. Leaves the TARDIS. House isn't there. He's like, well, guess I can't have a shower. I'll shower at my mum's. Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's fine. I've got to go on my date. Yeah, then yeah. all the stuff happens. Crazy stuff happens. And they can't go back and pick up Dan. So you can write John Bishop out for the story. But at the end, it's a little aperitif, you know. Maybe <laughs> when she's regenerating, they, you know, or halfway through or whatever, right? They Halfway through, they encounter him again. Maybe he's exploring with Graham. He's found Graham through this companion network thing. And yeah. they're the ones exploring the volcano. And then she's like, oh, Dan, how did your date go? And he's like, you left me. What the hell? What the hell? Yeah. You left me. You yeah. left me with no house and you didn't come back for me. I thought you were dead. What the hell is going on? Um, then he stays. They have a reconcile through the episode. And then at the end, he's in a better place to be in this companion support group. Uh Probably his house gets to be built as well. So you write Dan out for the bulk of the story, but he genuinely has an arc, but that arc can happen crucially off-screen. Okay, but, like, someone come and hire Elliot, because that was perfect. I'm not just saying that. Basic writing. I don't I don't just bullshit my friends for the sake of it. Genuinely, Elliot, that was perfect. Oh, no, Dan would tell me if any ideas I have are terrible. No, they're perfect. They're always perfect. Anyway, of course, that's all hypothetical. I am entirely sure that there are uh, scheduling conflicts and everything that we've not been made privy to that made it impossible. I just think Dan has done a massive disservice by literally landing for the most, uh, exiting for the most contrived reasons, not even getting a house and just being perfectly happy with it. And then at the end, just showing up for a little epilogue moment. It just felt a bit strange. I wanted to say... (laughs) I would have loved if Diane... I just really like Diane. I really like Diane. And I would have loved to have seen, like, Graham, Dan and Diane yeah. there, you know? Um, speaking of companions and things, Elliot, I have a question for you because I want to hear your opinion first, the opinion that has context involved. Mm-hmm. And then I will give my two cents because then we've got the two differing opinions going on. So, of course, I'm talking about Ace and Tegan. Mm-hmm. TARDIS, just saying. TARDIS, love that. I'm glad that was in there. Um, if no one is aware yet, Elliot is a big classic series girly. I have not seen most of it. I will. I will. I'm not saying I don't want to. I will. It's just a very long show. 
Um, when look, you you get ready, everybody. When we are out of New Who series to talk about, it's coming. It's coming, and I'm the excited. oncoming storm. Oh yeah. Um, I want to get your opinion on how Ace and Tegan were handled, and then I will give my view as someone who doesn't have much context with them. I have to say, yeah, for all of my predictions in the trailer episode, surprisingly well handled. Mm. Um, there is a lot of context to their characters given that do inform their characters in this. Do I think they do much? No. Do I think they were needed to prop up the story? No. Was it fun seeing them on screen? Yes. Did I cry seeing them reunite with their respective doctors? Yes. Um, It was very nice, probably almost skirting too much into fan service, but I did ease it up a little because it's kind of fan service that you don't really see much of anymore. Um, Yeah, I thought they were. I, I thought they were pulled off well. To be fair, lots of lots of good references, things that make sense for the characters to be remembering, reasons why they're angry at the master. Um, the gold bullets and the guns to fight Cybermen, things like that that I just didn't think they'd even bring into account. And it doesn't feel like they're there just to do greatest hit stuff. You know, I'm not going to pretend that they're these amazing three-dimensional characters in the episode, but they do feel like they're there slightly more than... Ace was there for slightly more than just to put the jacket on and whack a Dalek with a baseball bat, uh, and Tegan was there more than to just stand around and shout things in an Australian accent. Um <laughs> you know, that they were providing for the story. But, you know, they, they're happy with how they were handled. And I feel like maybe it's happy because my expectations were... Very low. Subterranean. Yes. My expectations were with the, down with the Silurians. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, they, were, they were met. So that's yeah. good. That is good. And I'm <laughs> yeah. glad I'm glad that you're not disappointed. Yeah, I, I was really worried. I feel like I felt like I almost couldn't have been disappointed because I, I'd set myself up for going they're just gonna stand around and go, Oh, remember remember when this happened? Um yeah. and they didn't and that's really nice. But yeah, I do have some other thoughts, but they kind of tie into specific bits of the episode, so I will just paint a broad picture for you there like Bob Ross, and then I'll get into the knit and the grit later. But, yeah. Dan, what did you think? I mean, I know one aspect of your opinion about their return, which I've purposely not touched on, because I know you're going to touch on it, but yeah, uh, I, I want to hear your overall thoughts. Before I get into my thoughts, I have an apology to make to you. Okay. You know when we were talking about in the previous, uh, well, the in one of our previous episodes when we were talking about the trailer, mm-hmm. and how I said I think it's cool that Ace is going to wear her jacket and her bat. It's cool. You know, we love a bit of a throwback. Actually, in vision, in video, in action, yeah, I agree with you. Silly, 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 silly. I was almost sort of the other way around, I think, where I was looking at it, I was going, God, I hate this kind of stuff so much. And I think because the episode had done so well to win me over on these not just being... 2D cardboard cutout reference characters that when she was wearing the jacket I still I still wouldn't say I loved it but I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. I kind of eased into it quite well. I think she should have just had the bat. Mm. 
Because it's fun again, that she was like hitting again, garlic. That was again, fun. I still think the bat was. I don't know. It's just it's a bit. Again, very glad she did have Nitro Nine and Thirteen Reference Nitro yes. Nine. And I did go because again, the friend sitting next week was watching it, and I was like, oh yeah, the jacket, the bat. I said to him, I said genuinely as we were watching, it, I said, she doesn't mention Nitro Nine. I'm going to punch a hole through the screen. And they did. And they did, and I punched him instead. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so my opinions on Tegan and Ace, I'm really glad. I actually really love when they're reunited and the Doctor's like, how have you been? And Tegan's like, like you care. It's so good. Yeah, I think, again, I was expecting a bit of an emotional, you know, like they were all going to go, oh, it's been so long, oh, hug. And then they were just like, yeah. what the fuck, man? No, but they really, they, 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 they have the context involved and all the history and stuff. And, um... You know, I, I like that Ace called the Doctor Professor. That made me uh, happy. Honestly, I think that was my favourite bit of continuity. That even all these years later, and with just Professor, a dozen regenerations in between, she's still just Professor. I love it. One bit that wasn't to my liking. Okay, let me do the positives first. Now go to the negative. Ace's outfit, hundred ten percent yes. Those boots with the blue laces, I'm still thinking about them, and I want them. So, question, sorry, on the blue laces, do you think that the costuming department or Sophie Aldred or Chris Chibnall knows what that means? No, probably not. Because typically, if you wear blue laces on your boots, think this might just be an American thing. It does mean that you've killed a police officer. Does it now? (laughs) Yeah. Wow, okay. Well, I I think it's one to reference the colour of the TARDIS, and two just because it looks cooler than black laces, and it matches the boots and the suit. It does. It's great. Her little suit is iconic. Jeanette Fielding. <laughs> I love Jeanette Fielding. I love that woman. Please don't get me wrong. I really do. She's my first classic companion that I have seen because um, my first classic episode was the Five Doctors. What a first episode! And you know what um, fucking suits a bob? Oh, yeah. Her, that bob is slick. Her performance was lacking for me. Yeah, I mean, she's not given much meat to go on, really. No. Um, well, I thought she was I thought she was as good as she ever was. She's sort of slightly hokey, but in the moments where she needed to be serious was, like, serious enough where I never felt taken out of it personally it, no it didn't no it didn't take me out at all it's just a little side comment just like her performance just wasn't yeah, yeah as good yeah well speaking of performances mm. you know who's having a capital f fun in this and it's being Who? capital c camp go on fucking sasha dewan sasha really said you know what? I don't even know if I'm going to be on the show again after this. So I'm just going to go in there and just actually have the best time. Somehow managing to be relatively sinister in some scenes, deranged and ridiculous in others, and then just pure iconic campness in others. Really liked him in this. Okay, so this is where we're going to have a little discussion. I'm going to say this now, and I don't want anyone to misconstrue what I'm fucking saying, okay? Okay. I think Sasha 
is an incredible actor and I really like him as a person. I think he's honestly, I, I can't fault his acting. He he absolutely is giving in this, right? However, this is my truth, okay? Sasha's master has never appealed to me. I don't know what it is. His master is just a bit annoying for me personally. It's because it's similar. No, go Sorry, on. no, uh, it's just because it, because he's always been camp. But when the stories expect you to take him seriously, it doesn't work. When he's doing twirling mustache, yeah, doctor, I foiled your plan. But the story is like dead serious. It doesn't gel. Whereas this is having fun with its plot and doesn't really care about the plot mm. threads really. And he's doing a hundred million miles of, of delivery and shades of camp that it, it works in this episode. Would have been good if he was like, if not he, but if the writing was like that in the whole era. Yeah, I just... Now, here's the thing. I... I wasn't the biggest fan of Missy either. She had a lot of moments that I really liked. But overall, she wasn't my favourite. Love Michelle Gomez, can I just say. Iconic lady. Just, yeah, again, love Michelle Gomez. For me, I... Yeah... Sasha's master just doesn't, it really doesn't do anything for me. But the bit that made me cackle and screech was the Rasputin scene, the rah-rah Rasputin bit. You know, they they had to do it. And I didn't think that in a series with this, with the, an era with such little sense of humour about it. Well, and I don't mean that in a bad way. They do make jokes. But again, I think it, the stories like to take themselves very seriously. Yeah. And then allow for characters to make wise cracking jokes. Uh and actually felt like a, a very sort of they like, gave it gave that scene room to breathe. It had been very fast, breakneck, and serious things had been happening very quickly, and then it was just a nice little Oh, we'll just do a dance number. And it yeah. was nice. And I hate myself for laughing because there is a version of myself that hates this, but the Dalek and the Cyberman sharing a glance did make me laugh. Well, that was that wasn't planned. That was on the day. It was like um. It was unscripted. Yeah, it was unscripted, but um, yeah, no, I liked the Rara Rasputin bit because it made me giggle, but also, it was giving Sound of Drums energy. Here come the drums! Here come the drums! Here come the drums! Baby, baby, baby! Honestly, amazing. And then, yeah. um, is it start of uh, Last Time as well, where he's pushing ten around in the wheelchair? Yeah, I can't decide whether you should, you should live, live or, die. or die. Save it. Save it. Save it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that made me giggle. But yeah, for me, for me. For for you, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I was, you know, sorry, That's I was a million miles away because you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about, what? thinking about, what the hell is that? It's a gas mask. What? It's a gas mask. It's a gas mask. What, what is that for? For the gas. What? For the gas. This gas. <laughs> and then the, the thumbs up. Yeah, Sorry, that's, that was why that was just in my head. So as you were saying that. How dare you not be on time for our catchphrase? It's a gas I'm going to do that again. Are you ready? I'm going to do it again. So for me... For you. For me, I... Sasha's master just doesn't do it for me at all. I'm sorry. But again, love Sasha Dewan so much. Yeah, seeing his like... The the master as Rasputin having that hold over the Tsar was um a lot of fun. Yes. Big question though. 
Yeah. Maybe I'm being thick. So thick. Um, and so is your dad. Why? Why did the conversion planet? Mm. Why was that only able to orbit Earth in the year nineteen sixteen? Good question. One I don't have the answer for, unfortunately, because I don't understand. <laughs> Maybe it was in the episode. Yeah, I just don't really understand why every time they needed to use the cyber planet, if it was on Earth, they needed to go back to 1916. Um, very odd. And I know that time travel is time travel as well, but they also sort of didn't do a very good job of explaining how the Master can be Rasputin in 1916, but also can be held in prison by a unit and the thing. Like, the multiple versions of people existing at the same time is something they've tried to limit in the show so i'm surprised they just kind of went all over with he's in 1916 he's in the future he's in unit he's on the but i just was a bit like okay the master was just wherever they fucking needed him to be for the story and it was fine unless of course it was the same one and he just got changed each time put a big beard on him (laughs) do you know what absolutely sent me though (laughs) <laughs> I, think, I really hope it's what I think it is because if it is I can't wait and if it's not I can't wait to bring it up The him in the paintings <laughs> the scream one I was cackling it's a mixture of being a genuinely ridiculous joke and also the sort of photoshop work on the paintings also being terrible so bad Like, I, I assume there must have been a point where they just intentionally were like Eh, this is yeah. as good as we're gonna get. Let's just pretend we're having fun with this. Exactly. I think it, I I'm glad they did it because it was just funny. It's funny. Yeah, it was. The thing that the master did that I really really liked a a a, a, a master scheme is the whole Russian doll thing. That was really fun. Mm. They work in reverse. The only thing I didn't understand about that was the. Cyberman is probably something that was in an episode that I've not watched for a while, but the Cyberman that works in reverse was like an arc ship that had other Cybermen in it. It was kind of like, you know how when the, you know how the Cult of Scarrow have that fucking what's it doodle? Yeah, yeah the, what's it the Genesis arc. Yeah. The Genesis arc. Yeah. The Genesis yeah, that's arc. A... The best name for something though, isn't it? Gen- Gen- Genesis arc. It's literally like a Genesis arc, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And I just... Uh, I was wondering if it was something that I was missing or if the Cybermen just have a Genesis... I mean, this episode's all just a bit like... like fine, the Cybermen have a Genesis arc now. Yeah, cool. Ashad is back. How do he survive? The fucking... Who get Cloned. The Master cloned, cloned him. Master cloned him. Fine. Cool. Whatever. Does that make any sense? No. I mean, the, a Dalek comes and asks the Doctor to help it. Like, what's happening? Jodie says to the Master, how do you escape Gallifrey? And she kind of goes, I did, I'm the Master. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. It's just, it's just one of the, it's just, again, there's a few of those Chibnall-isms that you're just like, whatever, it's the last episode, I'm, I can't be bothered. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to talk about the Fob Watch, so. <laughs> uh, fool, fool me for thinking that any of that was going to be relevant. I will say, that opening scene... I thought it had so much promise because when the Cybermen opened that fucking crate on the train, it was a little girl. I was like, oh my God, the mad bastard is actually trying to wrap up the timeless children. No, no, it's just a big squid. I thought it was going to be Belle and Vinda's kid. That's what I thought. That makes sense. That would have made more sense. I mean, Vinda, can we talk about Vinda actually? Like, what was the point? 
Really, what was the point? What I, I feel like again, it's my problem with it's my problem with Chris Chibnall's writing. Sometimes is that I feel like he wanted someone on the planet's surface, on the conversion planet's surface, away from the action, that could perform one function, one mm-hmm. function at the end of the story, and he couldn't figure it out. So he just rummaged through the character draw and was just like, yeah, Vinda can do that. Should we give him anything else to do? Nah. Love seeing Jacob Anderson, though, because obviously my crush on him is ridiculous. Gorgeous, gorgeous man. But yeah, Vinda really was just the most irrelevant thing in this whole thing. I just, no, I don't get it. I would have even been happier if he had have shown up with Belle and his as of yet unborn child, as she likes to call it. <laughs> yeah. Because, or or at least at least had the doctor be like, oh, Vinda, amateur wife. Or anything, but no. Nah. Yeah. In terms of the way this episode looked, right, I think the effects were genuinely all over the place. It very much felt like they had budget for the effects, and then suddenly they ran out of budget, so they had to be like, well, pff, that'll do. I, I've never been a big fan of the really uber-cinematic... Yeah, sixteen by nine. Everything's got to be ultra smooth and, yeah. and panning all the time, so it looks like a movie. I've never been a big fan of that personally. No, um, like you, you, you know, it's a BBC show. It doesn't have to look like some kind of HBO prestige drama. Like it feels like it wants to be prestige television too much. It's not prestige television. It's f- exactly that's a side issue. Um, one creative decision that I hate, uh, and I think you might as well. I really don't like the garish yellow text whenever we have to change location. But Elliot, Chris Chibnall likes to explain things to us. He, like, he likes to explain where free volcanoes are erupting. He can't wrap up the unanswered questions about his own fucking era, can he? Timeless <laughs> 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 oh. children? No. Well, I'll give you some Fuck pointless it. exposition about where three volcanoes are. You Fuck fucking it. mental case. I love him. I'd love him, but I hate him so much. Do you know what? I just, I do admire Chris Chibnall's vim and energy and. Uh, full of beans. Full of beans. Um, well, <laughs> since we were talking about the master a second ago, mm-hmm. the forced regeneration. Mm. Mm. So. Mm. I think it's a bit stupid, not gonna lie. It wasn't my favourite thing. However, I really enjoyed seeing Sasha in 13's outfit and then with all the little bits of all the other doctors and then him sitting on that fucking, wherever it was, I don't know, volcano cliff thing, I don't know, and playing the uh, second doctor's recorder. Fucking funny. Okay, tell me all the references that you got. Okay, so I got, so you got Seven's, like, sweater. Mm-hmm. Jumper, sweater. Who the fuck do I think? Jumper. Hello. Um, tenant's tie. Yes. Thirteen's coat. The plastic-looking stick of celery, which I don't know who approved that, but Jesus, it was awful. Um, one big one. One twelve-foot one. Hang on. Second Doctor's recorder. Thirteen's earring. Yeah, um, just Thirteen's whole outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Tim's uh, tie. Davison celery. McCoy's oh, oh the, the Tom Baker scarf. Tom scarf, yeah. Had to. Had to do it. Um, Yeah, that stick of celery really annoyed me, actually. Honestly, it took me ages to know it's ten tenants tie. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, no, I knew it straight away. Yeah. Straight away. I just don't think I noticed. I think I was too too distracted by everything else going on. They should have done a bow tie, in my opinion. Yeah, that would have been a fun little... 
I feel like there wasn't enough 11 references. Or 9 references. Hmm. Do you know what they should have done? Big leather jacket. Big leather jacket. Yeah. Stompy boots. I should have got boots. Um, I mean, we'll talk about past doctors in just a tick. Just a... Just a bloody tick. Um, but Elliot, I... tell me, what did you think? Oh, yeah. I, so uh, the idea of the Force of Generation, I thought, was really interesting because it had been established as a uh, as a punishment used by the Time Lords. This does actually have an appearance in a previous story. Oh, okay. Um, like, when they reference it, they're not just talking speculatively. Um, it's actually how Patrick Charlton regenerates. Oh. Essentially, at the end of the War Games, um, he's interfered too much and the Time Lords not called Time Lords at that point but who would go on to be Time Lords um, yeah face face Patrick Troughton's Doctor and uh, as a punishment handout that he has to be forced to regenerate um, it's really trippy because they oh. hadn't cast John Pertwee either so it's just like Patrick Troughton floating through like a black void as he like screams for help and his face revolves around it's really bizarre oh yeah I've seen that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um so I liked that because that would up. Also, side tangent here. I saw someone um, suggest companions that should have been in the uh, the little uh, uh, aperitif at the end. Uh, and someone was like, there should have been Jamie McCrimmon. How? If you've ever watched any Doctor Who, you fraud. At the end of the War Games, <laughs> when Troughton's forced to regenerate, Zoe gets sent back to her own time to live on the Wheeling Space where they met her in the Wheeling Space with the Cybermen, uh, and Jamie gets sent back to the Battle of Culloden. Now, I know that he survives in the audio adventures, but if we're going just by TV shows, Jamie dies in the Battle of Culloden. He gets sent back literally with English people charging at him. There's no... How? He he would be... Eh, eh, ridiculous. Sorry. I don't... <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, no. Come I know. on. I know that he's, you know, there's all the audio and other things. And he's in the five doctors. So it's all sort of, you know, and he's in the two doctors and it's all a bit all over the place. But canonically, Jamie McCrimmon ends back at the Battle of Culloden in the Scottish Highlands in he's the very like, much dead. 1700s. There's no way he could be sitting in a room in 2022 without some deep explanation needed. Anyway. Liked the force regeneration being brought back. I thought that was really neat, and um, yeah, it was fun seeing all the little. <laughs> I thought all of the references uh, on the outfit were fine and funny because they weren't sort of being used in a serious scene of like nostalgia. Um, they were being used in quite a funny way, but did get a little, a little emotion with with the recorder yeah. with the recorder. I was just a little like. Oh, like they didn't, for- really they didn't nice. forget him. They yeah. didn't forget him. One real quick thing. Um, mm. I really thought there was a little showdown that the master and Yaz had. Mm. Uh, well, the master doctor and Yaz had. Um, where like Yaz like you can't do that, whatever. And then the master was like, "But I'm the doctor," and it goes right into her face, like almost presses his nose up against her. And he's like spitting at her almost. And she's like, oh my God, very good bit of acting there from the pair of them. Very, very good. Stuff. So, 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 like I said a second ago, let's talk about something joyful that happened. Something so, so joyful. I mean, our bestie Colin is is there. That was the main takeaway for me, I think. Because... Because you have, you have the fifth Doctor in Time Crash. Yep. You have the eighth Doctor in Night of the Doctor, and there's been sort of so I don't know, and, and seven never really feels like he's actually 
gone away too much. This is the first time that Colin Baker has played properly an incarnation of the Doctor. Colin was the one that made me emotional, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was, it was so sweet. I just love that man so much. and I was so That man is that my best friend. He doesn't know this, but he's my best friend. Honestly, I... Oh, yeah. That was... I think that was my favourite one. But obviously, the one that caught me off guard most was Paul McGann. Yeah, Paul McGann actually had me choking. Like, actually choking on air. Because I think <laughs> we sort of knew that, like... There'd been heavy speculation that... Um, five, six, and seven were involved. Yes. So, David Bradley caught me off guard at first. But I wasn't, like, overly surprised. Because, obviously, David Bradley will do anything. Um... You know, he's, he's so good, though. Oh, I know. I know. I'm not criticising him. He just always comes back as the first Doctor. Um, so that didn't surprise me. But yeah, Paul McGann doing it was like, oh. Well, I'll tell you what. So obviously 13's kind of almost in purgatory kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The point before regeneration. We see David Bradley and then obviously he's morphing into the other Doctors. I'm not going to lie. And it's fine. It didn't happen. It's fine. It's fine. I was satisfied enough. I promise you. I did start tearing up really intensely and my boyfriend was looking at me like, oh my God, they might do it. I thought Chris was going to be there. What I really mo- genuinely thought. Did you think that's... Like when when it was Paul McGann, did you think it was going to be Chris? No, I thought when I saw the doctors, mm-hmm. I thought we're going to get Chris now and then Matt as well. Yeah, I just... I, I don't know, I just... There's no way Chris would never... I just, I'll be honest, I've seen a lot of fans say the same thing as me, where they're like, I thought Chris would be in it, but it's fine, don't worry. I genuinely got really emotional, because if Chris turned up on my screen, I think I would have bawled for like 10 minutes. Oh yeah, I mean, that would it would have been insane. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, that, that was emotional, and then I thought at least Matt would be in it, because Matt is always up for coming back to Doctor Who. Like, anytime someone asks him, he's like, yeah, always, always will come back. Because he's in back. the sixth Probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. It, <laughs> we hope. It, yeah, it was a strange one for me because it's, like, nice, served its function. Um, yeah. Like, I didn't feel overly emotional. It was nice to see Colin. Um, say, eight caught me by surprise, but I'm not, like, a big Paul McGann girly. Like, he's, I like Paul McGann as a person, but that sort of incarnation of the Doctor, there's just too much extra reading and big finish listening to have to do to sort of get his Doctor vibe and it's not really for me personally. Um, I'll be honest, The Night of the Doctor, that short film, Yeah, I adore so one of my favourite things in Doctor Who ever and just because of that I adore him. I adore him so much. Yeah, I mean like, he's good He's good in it. You know, he's good in the TV movie. I like the TV movie. I just... I was not going to go like, oh my god, it's Paul McGann. I was more just like, oh cool, they got Paul. McGann. They actually got Paul McGann to do it, and like he's actually in a main episode of Doctor Who for a change. That's nice, and I like that. I like that he doesn't wear robes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was about to say. Um, I like. They was like, what? Thirteen's like, why aren't you in the? And he's like, oh, I don't do robes. Cackling, actually cackling, actually can't breathe. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's so funny. <laughs> also, fun fact, would you like a piece of trivia? I think I know what you're going to say. Oh, okay. Please divulge. David Bradley, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy shot theirs together. Yep. Directed by Jamie Magnus Stone. Peter Davison and Paul McGann's sections were shot separately and they were directed on set, not by Jamie Magnuson because he was busy directing other bits of the episode. It was directed by the director of Eve of the Daleks. Amazing. Whose name currently escapes me. <laughs> we're going to talk about it at some point. It's fine. Yes. Um, but good director, Eve of the Daleks. Fun episode. So glad that they're still getting work as well, even just to do these little cameos. But yeah, it's a good scene and... It is really lovely, and I don't want to go, this is a negative, because it's not a negative. Yeah. But the, we don't have an on-screen representation for Troughton or Pertwee, and that's fine. I don't think you should replace actors. But because we have a representation of one, and then yeah. there was five, six, seven, eight, it's such a shame that Tom Baker couldn't return. Not yeah. because I wasn't fan serviced enough, mostly because mm. it has me personally concerned Same. for the well being of Tom Baker. Because they've given a reason which is just he he was unavailable. But Tom always is keen to return to Doctor Who and I don't want to bring the tone down. It just it just worries me slightly that it's because of his health and his age. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not a particularly demanding role either. Um, it's just sitting down and saying would, some would lines. He would have yeah. sat on a green screen and said some lines. He might not even have had to have said anything either. And it's just such a shame. I think that potentially, you know, that it, it it's not. I don't. I don't. I don't care that he wasn't on my screen, so I can't. You know get more references in that's not what i'm trying to say i just it's a shame that he's he's not in a position to be able to do that anymore um and it is quite sad and i know it's quite morbid with a lot of the box set things they filmed a lot of his behind the scenes stuff all in advance in case he passes which is really sad but it feels like they've been kind of doomsday prepping for it for a long time and yeah it doesn't fill me with any joy I mean, and also this was filmed a while ago. Mm. Yeah, it was, wasn't so it? So, yeah, anyway, before, let's not get more morbid. Going on to a a happier topic, something they did with this moment and how they brought it more into the episode, because it wasn't just a very, very brief moment. It was like it had its own moment. It had its own big scene. So this I love. So obviously we mentioned we really like in Parting of the Ways when Nine has his hologram um, that speaks to Rose. And it's like, you know, if you've seen this emergency protocol hologram, if you see this, it means I'm dead or about to die. And 13 has done the same thing. However, she's updated it 
and it's interactive and you know what it's full of beans and i really enjoy it um um and obviously she kind of she sparked she gave everyone who can speak to it like it was like an electric shock wasn't it Mm, yeah it's like a big big poorly effects (laughs) um sort of yellow shock do you know what that little bit there really gave me Russell T Davis vibes? I feel like Russell would do something like that, like with the mm. oh, why, why, why am I so staticky today? I don't really know what's going on, and then <gasps> da, 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 da. no, I'm joking. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then Tegan's doing stuff, and then the uh, thirteen hologram turns up, and she's like, oh, you're not even here, whatever, and then. It, it actually responds to the emotional was it, it it responds to the emotion of the person it's speaking to and it turns into the fifth doctor and you know we get a mention of adric i liked i liked the use of the hologram to make the companions reunite with incarnations of the doctor without having to do timey wimey stuff the overall hologram just felt like a like Yaz isn't given enough agency to have a Doctor's story where she can actually do anything without just a hologram of the Doctor being there. Oh, Elliot, I don't... Elliot yeah. I have so many thoughts about this that I'm saving towards the end when we talk I about Jodie. I know, I just... I'm it's, sa- save it, It's so. Me. I know, it's so lazy, isn't it? Like, again, I really liked it for the purposes of getting the companions to reunite without yeah. them having to be yeah. some time fuckery, but it's so lazy to go, oh, we're going to have big stakes, Doctor's not in this, and then go, oh, but now... Who's going to do all the Doctor stuff? Well, a hologram of the Doctor. That'll do. No, let me clarify. I like the hologram being brought back. That's what I enjoy about it. Because it's like it, and like in Blink, when Ten's um, hologram comes back and he's like, please insert the, tra- insert? <laughs> please insert the transport disc and get ready for departure. Love that shit. Um, <laughs> um, it, it goes ding when there's stuff. Exactly. <laughs> uh <laughs> precisely. Um but yeah, and then obviously you get Ace with the seventh doctor. That was really emotional, I think. I like when she was like, I didn't realise the burden you carried. I like the way she delivered that. That was really nice. So this must be continuing a continuity that I'm not familiar with. Because Ace has had about thirty different endings in expanded media. But of course, the only one I'm personally familiar with is the ending of Survival, where they just walk off back towards the TARDIS. Um, That's the one I'm familiar with, yeah. So there must have been, because obviously in, they, end, they end Survival on very good terms and they're friends. So it, it must be acknowledging a strict piece of continuity where they have a falling out about something. Yes. Potentially the Doctor having to leave to not quite the time war, but, you know... I don't know. It's it's. I don't know. It's a bit too much for me to understand. Yeah, not I, something can, I care to look you, into. Can I tell you? Can I tell you what I initially thought it was? I thought mm-hmm. it was initially referencing like something happened off screen, not even in expanded media, just genuinely like oh, not even written anywhere. I mean, it just might off screen might not be in expanded media. To be fair, I don't know. I'm yeah. just I'm just assuming that it is, but it might not. Probably is. Um, but yeah, and that was nice. And then it was like, so are we are we okay, Professor? We're more than okay. We're ace. We're ace. We're ace. It's lovely. It's lovely. It's very, 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 very much giving. 
so I feel like this should have been in, in news, but I want to bring it up now because this was quite sweet. Yeah. Um, is that someone pointed out on Twitter, which I agree with, I'm very, very grateful that they didn't do any kind of de-aging deep fakery to these doctors. They just let them be beautiful, amazing performers in their sort of natural glory, uh, which made it all the more um, lovely, I think, seeing them back on screen. However, yeah. someone did deepfake de-age Sylvester McCoy in a screenshot. Seen it. And, yeah, seen it. And he did reply saying, does this work in real life? <laughs> Which is adorable. Um, very sweet. <laughs> it was actually really good effects, that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What that person yeah. did. Just easy to do in a still image, but not in motion. I'm going to reference something that someone did on Twitter later on. Uh, Twitter. Keep your ears for that. On Twitter. Twitter. Uh, so... Graham turning up. Graham, we've already mentioned Graham a bit, so I won't go on about it, but I just want to say one thing I hated. I don't like that Ace referred to them as being on a first date. I'm so sorry. I am so unbelievably sorry, but Ace and Tegan are both extremely queer-coded and it annoys me that this was just completely glossed over. And also, I don't care. Even if they weren't, yeah, just the idea that Ace would even be remotely attracted to Graham. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was nice to see him. I enjoyed seeing him. Uh, complete cop-out with Ryan being in Patagonia, wherever he was. Again, I appreci- oh, my God. I appreciate Tossing Cole probably couldn't return. That's absolutely fine. But it was a shame not to see Ryan, I'm not going to lie. Didn't feel like a send-off to the era. But no, the whole episode didn't really seem that obsessed. I know we'll get into it, but it didn't seem that obsessed with saying goodbye to the fam, really, because they all get different no. exits at different times, and it's not really work. <laughs> yeah. So, you mentioned the fam, my love. Let's talk about Yaz. Finally. My girl Yaz. Let's go there. Mandip, first of all, is giving, as always. Top form. Yellow leather jacket and beautiful, beautiful hairdo. Gorgeous woman. Absolutely. With Yaz, okay. I'm going to skip to the end for a second, because I have a lot to say. <laughs> if you don't mind. No, no, no. Honestly, there's... So much to discuss. I want to make it very clear. I don't buy it for a fucking second. That 13 is like, I need to do this next bit on my own. You know, die. And Yaz is like, all right then. Okay, bye. Come on! <laughs> Sorry, is this the same character? Like, no, no, yeah. surely not. I don't believe it for a second. I absolutely hated it. Hated it. Why... Oh why? Oh why? Why would why did they do that? Why'd they do that? Why couldn't we have not to skip too much to the regeneration because we will get there, girl. Girl, <laughs> we'll get there. I really love Nine's regeneration. I feel like this isn't this is just knowledge if you know the podcast now. Ninth Doctor's regeneration is my favourite. I love that Rose is present. That makes me happy. And I don't think we have enough companions being present for regenerations. Except obviously Clara is there for Eleven's regeneration. But like, I, I wanted to I wanted to see Yaz there. I feel like 13 and Yaz are such a duo. They are such, I mean, they're a couple, let's be real. We'll get to Thasmin. Just bear with. There's so much to talk about. Um, I just feel like Yaz and the Doctor are so, so close. And they're so tightly interwoven as people that I feel like Yaz would have been there or put up more of a fucking fight, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you need... um, Yeah, because I don't think 
she because Mandip I would assume is not returning. Yeah, she's not, no. Um that I understand that she can't be there for the regeneration. But there needed to be more of a I'm sorry, this is gonna break everybody's heart for me even referencing it. But the, you know what there needs to be? There needs to be the energy of no, no, please don't, please no. Wilfred, it's my honour. Oh. It, they needed that kind of equivalent. We needed that energy. Yeah. If she puts her outside the TARDIS and yeah, they're begging and pleading and then even even if she's like if she's like, No, oh god, please don't, oh god and she's like really crying and then you know, thirteen's just standing by the TARDIS door and she just goes, I have to do this alone. That would Someone hire Elliot. No, I'm really Yaz serious. In the park, you know. I'm really serious. We have an email in the show notes. <laughs> email us in and offer Elliot some script writing work because they they know where it's at. Just you leave, do. I'm leave, sorry. Take leave, the compliment. Leave. Thank you. Leave Yaz <laughs> crying in that park and then have still have Graham and Dan find her. It's fine, you know. But that would have been even more cute if they like found her and like consoled her and then took her to the. See, see, yeah. yeah, get some fucking emotion out your character rather than her just going. Eh. Okay, all right, yeah, like better. a little nod in a park. Don't, no, 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 I really can't. I really, 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 <laughs> really can't. So, I want, I really want to leave the Jody chat towards the end because I have a lot to say about it. So, I'm gonna bridge the gap a little bit and talk about Thasmin, Yaz, and 13, Thasmin. Now, I've seen some discussion online, and I want your opinions, as always. I want your opinion on everything. Um, I've seen a discussion online about a lot of people saying that 13 and Yaz are a very queer bait relationship. Here's the situation. I disagree completely. Um, just because they didn't kiss doesn't mean that they, they, they weren't into each other. That's that, That's basically what the argument is, sorry. The main argument behind this statement is that because they've never kissed, that means that they're not into each other. First of all, just uh, kissing doesn't mean... It, not everyone kisses. Let's let's get that out there, you know. You know, ju- uh, being physically intimate isn't always a thing in a lot of relationships. Let's not... Let's not pretend that that... Let's not erase people's narratives here. Um... I did. I think it should have been in there. I do. I I feel like, I mean, Yaz and 13's relationship was very long time coming and it was done very, very quickly in flux, which I didn't like. I think it could have been developed a little bit more earlier on. It is what it is. We're here. We move and groove. I just, I would have liked to have seen a kiss in this episode. But yeah, and also they're not queer bait, just to close that discussion as well. Elliot, thoughts and feelings? Yeah, I don't know. It was just a bit weird, wasn't it? Like, I, they didn't need they didn't, didn't need to have kissed for me, but mm. they build it up so much in Eve of the Daleks and oh. don't touch on it at all in Legends of the Sea Devils. I mean, they they kind of bring it to a close almost, but also yeah. it was dumb. It was like not handled very well in Legends of the Sea Devils, shall I say? Oh, <laughs> what was? <laughs> uh, <the> <laughs> <end>. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then. This again, it just feels odd. They don't really reference it. Like, yeah, it doesn't seem that sad to be going more than just being a good friend. You know, there's no sort of statement of anything. You know, even the doctor, the doctor doesn't even need to say that she loves her because it's more complicated than that. But there's no, yeah, yeah. yeah should have at least told her that she loved her. Um, 
yeah, and there's just like... no, there's just nothing at all, and it just feels so disingenuous. There's one great tweet that you sent me um, by uh, a Twitter user whose name I can't remember, but I'm sure we'll link it. They said, um, I think it was along the lines of, "I'm so, I'm so annoyed that Doctor Who is a kids show uh, because I don't want to see Yaz and Thirteen eating ice cream. I want to see them scissoring each other on the TARDIS console um, <laughs> in, in the cowgirl position." Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, that made me chuckle. And whoever wrote that, congratulations, because yeah, you really funny. made my day. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just think there should have been. I don't know. There, again, it's lacking the. It's lacking the Wilfred. It's, it's my lacking. Honor. It's lacking. It's lacking. It's lacking the 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 Rose telling ten that you know, like when she's sobbing and she just and she says, "I love you," you know, like through floods of like ugly tears. It's just lacking that kind of emotional drive behind a relationship. Like, let me right. Did we all not see when Thirteen um, uh, was, you know, de-regenerated from the Master, if you want to call it that, when it was reversed? And first of all, Jodie in that mishmash costume, so attracted to her in that moment. Can't even lie. Absolutely, yes. Always, Jodie. Always. You know where I am. I'm free on Thursday when I'm free. Um, anyway, that little hand touch through the glass incredibly queer coded incredibly gay incredible that shot was oozing oozing it was oozing it was just oozing do you know what i mean and again <laughs> you know what it, you know what it was lacking because this is quite what, com- what was it lacking so this is quite companion focused this episode and it's mm. the idea that they will eventually get to see the companions again but yeah. jody should not jody personally jody is the doctor jody's doctor should have shown remorse and sadness at never being able to see Yasmin Khan again. Exactly. In that in that incarnation, in the state that Yaz fell in love with her. Again, it needed it needed I'll I might never see you again. Not with this daft old face anyway. I just feel like they had such a strong connection and this episode did not serve that connection and that relationship well at all. That was my actually my biggest letdown, I have to be honest. But um, let's not expand on that because maybe I'll talk about it later. Who knows? You know what my biggest letdown might have been? Because it's a positive and a negative at the same time. Mm. The Fugitive Doctor. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Okay, yeah, sorry, I just... Uh, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Screamed when I saw her on screen. Absolutely fucking died because I actually love her so much. And I didn't actually think they were going to bring her back. Where's the fugitive doctor figure at? That's what I'm. That's what. That's the real conversation that needs to be had. Where is Joe Martin's like other contributions to the show? Please do more stuff with Joe Martin. She's incredible. I love Joe Martin. I love Joe Martin. I love. I love. Do you know who I love? Joe Martin. Joe Martin. And here's the other gag. I love Joe Martin. I, do, I wouldn't want to say that I would die for Joe Martin. But I actually would. But I would. Um... Just incredible, amazing woman, and uh, just a fantastic actor, and she needs to be utilized more going forward. I love, I love the Fugitive Doctor more than I can actually express, and I can't wait to get to it. But <laughs> how is she a hologram, and how does Yaz know to make her a hologram? In that, I don't understand. <laughs> 
if you're going to go logicless with it, at least have her like land in the TARDIS and open the door. That would be fun. So, it's time to talk about 13. It's time. I think it's about time. We've all been waiting. It's time to talk about 13, how, how amazing she looks in her question mark jumper. Jodie Whittaker, I, I said it earlier and I'll say it again. I am free on Thursday when I'm free, okay? I know you're married and have a child, but listen, <laughs> I can make time for you. And you can make time for me. Let's not lie. Let's not play games. Um, no, she looks amazing. I honestly, in this episode, she's glowing. She's actually glowing, and she looks incredible. And my main problem is this: we're going straight into the negative. I'm sorry, but it has to be said. This is her last episode. Okay. This is her regeneration story. So why on earth was she not in it that much? Please tell me. Yeah. No. That really bothered me. That really rubbed me the wrong way. Really didn't like it. You can feel how you want about the era. And yes, whilst I like we said up top. Exactly. And whilst I enjoyed a lot of the references, mm. and they didn't feel too shoehorned for me, this did feel more like a, a generic anniversary special than the end of an era. Special. Agreed. Whether I think that's. Like... Do you know what? You've said it perfectly. Whether you like the outgoing era or not, it didn't feel like it cared about the era that had come before it. And yeah. it's such a shame. Again, that can also be due to a lot of COVID restrictions at the time of filming and all of that stuff. And, you know, I'm sure there was a whole host of other issues going on. But this felt, like you said, Elliot, precisely, it felt just like a special episode. It didn't feel like a regeneration story, like a big event. Yeah, Do you know what because, I mean? Because then the moment, I don't want to actually talk in detail about it at the moment, but the moment is actually one of the better moments in the episode for me because all of the chaos calmed down and it was just her doing performance, yeah. not saying cringy things, having nice music accompany it. It was good and I wish she was allowed to do more. I just really, I mean, like, even at the start, I know you weren't the biggest fan of the intro, but I loved when Dan landed on the um, bullet train. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, brilliant, 9, 9.5. Yeah, I like, her when she, I like her when she's doctoring. And I just find it, okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say how it is, as I always do. I think she wasn't shown the respect and the time that she deserves for her last episode. Her regeneration, which we will get to again, like we've said, it wasn't allowing... I I think it was taking away from her moment a little bit. Also, she just wasn't in her episode that much, which is weird. It's really weird. Like In every other regeneration story, the Doctor is basically nearly in every scene. Yeah. Because it's about them. Yeah. And it's, I think Jodie deserves better. Yeah, like because it's actually a criticism that I have of Twice Upon a Time as well, where it feels like such a standard episode and they also focus so much on the first Doctor's regeneration that in, in such a clumsy effort to build the parallel, they take away from Charles' regeneration. Yeah. Um, and it has, a, it has a similar issue here. I, I will say I have an issue with um, actually how she dies. And uh, should we go there now? Should we talk like, about it now? Well, 
Look, I'm a big fan of the Doctor getting fucking nerfed in a really brutal way. Right? Yeah. Like, I like that they just get injured to a point where they have to regenerate. I think that's cool. Um, yes. And I like it was it was a an effective scene in terms of like when she got hit and you know how injured she looks and how she sounds and everything like it looks painful. I just don't understand how or really why. And it just felt a little sort of tacked on because they had to get her to start regenerating. It didn't have the stakes. It was out of the blue, mate. There. It was out yeah. of the blue. It was so. Like, Smack dab in the middle of the blue, as yeah. Chanda said in Friends. It'd be like if if 12 regenerated because he was sort of wandering around and the, the episode had resolved and it was over and then in the last five minutes of the episode he was like looking at a map and then tripped down a flight of stairs. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, why didn't they just like... The force regeneration, why didn't that just affect her and then it forced another regeneration or something? You know, it triggered something else. I don't know. Yeah, I have no problem with her going out in battle. I just think it was just such an underwhelming, like, give give her and the master, like, one proper last little confrontation. That's fine. Yeah. Have them actually skirmish on the planet's surface. Oh, yeah. Do a survival. Anything. Do something interesting rather than just big laser. Again, I liked the effect. I liked how she was acting in that moment. I'm a big fan yeah. of the Doctor just getting fucking brutally murdered. Like it's, it's yeah. you know, again, Sylvester, Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> again, Sylvester McCoy shot to death by a gang in Los Angeles. One of the coolest ways for a doctor to die. It's amazing. So one good thing about when the doctor is shot, though, that something happens straight after. What what happens? What is it that happens? Well, we we see we see a very very not obvious master trapped under some rocks, so he can come back for next time. And then Yasmin Khan scoops her up into her arms and carries her into the TARDIS. That made me that made me really emotional. That it really was fucked lovely. me up. That really fucked me up, sis. Honestly, what the fuck? I was and then when she's like going in the time, she's like, she's fine. She's fine. Yeah. And they're like, no, she ain't. <laughs> um and then like when Are you sure no, she's fine? Th- we have to do a really under under baked and not earned version, a watered down <laughs> version of the end of time. No, hang on. Sorry. No, uh, no babe. Uh, journey's Still end. Left. Journey's end. Yeah. On, Come on, get with it. Wake, wake up. Come on. So she brings she brings her into the TARDIS, and they're all like, "Oh, how is she?" She's like, "Yeah, yeah, she's fine." And they're going, "Oh, is she? Is she fine?" Sorry, we're too busy trying to do a really a really unearned and poor imitation of Journey's end here by all piloting the TARDIS at once. Sorry, didn't like that. Well, no, look, 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 look. When when she when they dropped her on the floor. Yes. As she was looking up at everyone, that made me quite emotional. I was like, I, I was like, I'm getting a bit, I'm getting a little bit, my eyes are stinging a tiny bit. Not quite, but tiny bit. And then um, they did, like you say, you know, a recreation of it. I didn't hate it, but it's obviously just not the same, is it? Things are just, she has no real connection. Like, I know that she's the, I know that she's the Doctor, but like, because she's not spent the era with Ace and Tegan, it didn't feel as... It's not as, yeah. So it's like, if they <laughs> had... Bell, Vinda, um, Ryan, Graham, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Then I would have been like, oh yeah, this is really, really, really good. Um, extended fam. That would have made more sense. So then, after all that, they just all get dropped home, which is <sighs> off screen. They all get There's dropped a... home by Yaz, who knows how to fly the TARDIS. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I don't. No. No. Only the Doctor, a Time Lord, or River Song should know how to fly the TARDIS. 
again, would have been much more powerful for her to know that she was regenerating, but have to pilot them all back home, have their goodbyes. And I just, because one of my favourite shots in all of Doctor Who is in Party of the Ways, when mm. he's talking to Rose at that console, Rose is being like, oh, what happened? And they're carrying on as normal, but he looks down at his hand and it's all shimmering through the back of his hand. And he's like, oh, fuck. Just something like that. Give me something like that. Well, I, you had literally just picked up the next point I was going to make. So yeah. even though Yaz was flying the TARDIS, which is strange, um, it was 100% giving pying of the ways when Rose Garvin was like, what happened? Mm. Yeah, almost the that. inverse of that, perfectly. Literally the inverse. It was literally the inverse, which I actually quite liked. Yeah. Inverse. If you, Again, if you can't see what we're doing, we've referenced this in a previous episode, Elliot is holding their hand in the air and twisting it for inverse. you got to have your thumb, your index, <laughs> and then your middle finger in a sort of claw shape, like a talon attacking, and then you have to flip it. Twist it. So the thumb is then on the top, yeah. Yes, it's really important. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a visual catchphrase of mine. <laughs> we have way too many catchphrases and I don't care. Um, but yeah, so we get the inverse of uh, parting of the way scene when Doctor's like, did we do it? And he has his like, uh, yeah. And it's like, where's everyone? Oh, I just dropped them home. And then obviously she sees that she's regenerating. Mandip's performance in this scene is... I mean, Mandip and Jodie are so great in this scene because you just know that they're such good friends and it's obviously really upsetting for the pair of them. Um, And then the Doctor is like, you know, one last one last place to take you. And where do they go? They, they go and get, they, they get a little, little, little ice cream. And sit on top of the TARDIS in front of Earth. And you know what? It was stunning. Yeah. I would have liked maybe... I don't know, maybe a little montage. Not, not a montage, I hate a montage. Um, what are you talking about? No, like, I don't hate a montage. Montages are... They, they can be used to effects, but I feel like when you say montage, you imagine cheesy sets of music, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe like a little... If she had spent all of it, and I don't care if it had taken long, right? Because doctors have suppressed their regenerations for ages mm-hmm. to fit whole other stories in. Yeah. She had have suppressed it for as long as humanly possible to take Yaz on an endless amount of dates. That would have been lovely. I saw on Twitter someone took a behind the scenes photo of Mandip and Jody filming this scene, and they had they were hugging on top of the TARDIS while they were sitting there. And someone photoshops that into the actual scene, and I just wish we'd gotten that. It, I just, just an arm the fact they just, other. just an arm around each other, just something. I don't understand. I mean, I've made it. Po- I don't have to fucking round the point home anymore. Didn't like how Yaz was ended in this at all. It really gets on my nerves. Such a good character, and yet she's given such a fucking bland ending. Like no, 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 no. Um. I mean, I do find... Oh, I do like, though, that 13, 13's hand is just glowing while she's eating the ice cream. Very yeah, funny. Yeah, I like that it stays. It's really cool. But, yeah, you know, they're having that chat and the Doctor says some really, really wonderful and sweet things to Yaz, which we will get to later. Um, wink. Uh, and then she drops Yaz home and it's rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Rubbish, but we've already gone over it. No point rehashing it. We both don't like it um 
And then, and then we get 13. She's going off to regenerate on her own. And you think that's it. But no, you get Dan and Graham meet up with Yaz in the park and they take her to the companion support group. Inspired. Inspired. Brilliant. And you get, you know, you get Dan, you get Graham, you got Yaz. But who else do we have, Elliot? Who else makes an appearance in this? So we have Graham, we have Dan, we have Yaz, we have Ace, we have Tegan. Yep. We have the always beautiful and outstanding Katie Manning as Joe oh. Jones. Oh, formerly Joe Icon. Yep. We have the equally wonderful and also fervently rumoured to return Bonnie Langford as Mel Bush. Who looks amazing. She does look amazing and she's so sweet. I love I love Bonnie Langford. And the one that got myself well, there's two that got myself because I also want to point this out if you hadn't noticed it either. But the one that got myself is of course the 97-year-old William Russell as Ian Chesterton. One of the first... I mean, in the first group of companions. Yeah. Astounding. What a, what a man. I mean, I've seen Unearthly Child. I've seen all the bits. So I, even I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and Ian is... I love Ian. He is... He was always so amazing. I... I, just, I always loved Ian, personally, and I still do. Ian and Barbara, the original ship, they're so good. And William Russell is always just so wonderful. And like I said, he's, no, he's 97. Like, and he was giving. I got choked up watching him do an interview for the season two box set that's coming out. But to see him canonically... In Doctor Who again, yeah. In Doctor Who, as Ian... <sighs> It's so it's so beautiful. I do, I do have issue with. I don't think it was intended this way, but I don't like that they made him ask about her being a woman. Yeah, because Ian, I just it reminds me of when they had to do it with the first Doctor, and they were like, "Get it? It was the sixties," and it's like, yeah, yeah, but Ian, that's not Ian's character. Like you know, obviously there is a bit of a bit of that in the original because it's just it's it's sixties middle class British attitudes, but it's not like he's not he's not outwardly a hateful sexist man, and it just feels a bit weird, you know, to to try and celebrate him, but also sort of have him go a woman. It was just a bit. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird line, but yeah, something I noticed after broadcast, someone. Uh, put a screenshot on Twitter is that there is an empty chair there with a picture frame on it. We don't see who's in the picture frame, but I can but tell you right I now. I think we can all assume it's Sarah Jane, our Sarah Jane, the queen, the icon, the legend. I would have liked to have seen a shot of her face in the picture frame. I would have liked to have seen it. Mm. I think out of people who are still who would still be on contemporary Earth and alive, I think they got basically everybody. Yeah. Who is still alive. Yeah. Alive in the show. Yeah. And in real life. And would be on contemporary Earth. Because, of course, you've got people like Romana and things like that who are Time Lords. And same with Susan. You know, Susan's on Gallifrey and different things. You know, it's. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's all over the place, but I, I think pretty sure they got almost everybody that's alive as a companion and alive as a real person to do it. And I love how, as they're talking about the Doctor, like we're getting cuts to Jodie and the TARDIS. Yeah. She says one of the worst lines in the show. Well, no, she turns to the TARDIS and says, I just want to catch one last sunrise, and then she leaves the TARDIS for the last time. That's very sweet. Goes outside and says... The blossomiest blossom. Now, here's the thing. Elliot hates this line, okay? I do. I think it's confusing because there is no blossom to be seen. Damla knows full well why I hate this line, and may I part this on to you, dear listener. The reason I hate this line is, is because it's it's pretty an inoffensively confusing line, you might say. Well, you know, it's not great, but it's good. It's because I thought for a solid 30 seconds that that was going to be the was last, last line. line. And Same. I was like, you can't. No, the last words that the 13th Doctor says can't be poorly written, nonsensical drivel. Yeah, no, that would have really sent me. They weren't. But, yeah. my God, I was like, oh, don't. I just feel like... Where was the blossom at? Am I blind? Like, uh, Am I just not seeing the blossom? And that is definitely what she says, right? Yeah, it's the blossomiest blossom, yeah. I, I mean, do you see blossom there, Elliot? Because I don't. No. Someone explain. Maybe it's a reference to another episode that we're forgetting. Um, I'm sorry if that's the case, but also, whatever. Then, my friends. Well, well first of all, we see Jodie on this incredible... I mean, I, the fact it was all green screen is kind of insane. And it actually looks really good. Yeah, you know, it does. And then she goes on to say, my favourite... Regeneration line. I'm not even gonna lie to you. This is up there. This is up with Christopher Eccleston line. No, Chris Eccleston's regeneration is still my favorite. Cannot be beat. Will never be beat. This is probably my second favorite regeneration. I'll be really honest with you. I flipping loved it. Not just because of what happens afterwards. No, no, it was really handled well. And her last lines are not. They're not overdrawn. They're not overly dramatic. They fit her quite well. Yeah, obviously I enjoy that she says. Yeah, oh, it's like you know. I, yeah, I hate the worst thing about regenerating is I want to see what happens next. And yeah, uh, but like, yeah, her actual final lines, which just Doctor Whoever you are about to be, tag your it, feels very in keeping with that character. And it's not crap, it's a really good line, and I love it. Yeah, it's fun, it's playful, and because it's like fun and playful, it's also sad. So you're going, yeah, off. it's again, yeah. what did I say? What have I been saying? bittersweet is the vibe we want from a regeneration and this was the perfect amount of that yeah like i don't like the really overblown send-offs i again i think that david's works well for where his doctor was at at the time culturally in the zeitgeist and who his doctor was as a character but i don't like that they then tried to replicate that for the next two personally um they yeah. try and have big emotional moments and it just doesn't sort of just I don't know, it doesn't land like yeah, I'd rather be laughing and crying at the same time and enjoying myself. Yeah, this is this to me this was just perfect. It was perfect. I have nothing bad to say about this regeneration, I'll be honest. Um and then she bursts into a ball of flame. That's it. Jody's gone. Updated regeneration Honestly, effect though, looks really cool. It look Elliot, Elliot, listen. This is the most stunning thing I've ever seen. The music in the background, the score, sorry, the score. Oh, 
My yeah, God. Yeah, I don't even really like 13's theme, but that's so beautiful there. It was stunning. And I literally, I've, I have screenshots saved of this regeneration because it's that deep. Yes, it is. Um, it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. I can't say it enough. It's beautiful. It's stunning. It's just d- uh, b- perfection. 10 out of 10. Well, funny you should say 10 out of 10. Uh, uh, <laughs> that wasn't even planned. That's really. If you want to know how me specifically I reacted to this scene, feel free to go to our TikTok link in the show notes because I decided to put on my phone camera for the last ten minutes to record my reaction, and thankfully I kind of forgot about it because I just went crazy. Um, Elliot will appear on the TikTok at some point soon, won't you? No, we, we we genuinely need to see your gorgeous face, bless the TikTok page, and I'm sure everyone agrees with me. All of our listeners agree. Um, Write in if you agree so I can feel better about myself. <laughs> I'm saying it, isn't that enough? Yeah. There you go. But also, there please you go. write in. No, please write in. Um, <laughs> so, 13 is regenerating, okay? You know, pshht. That's my regeneration sound effect. Um, doesn't sound like pissing. No, it doesn't. Um, suddenly, suddenly, I mean, whoa! The clothes are changing. As soon as I saw that tie, baby, I knew. Yeah, that tie is a tie. And if you've seen certain specific filming photos, you'd know that that tie is worn by none other than David fucking Tennant, bitch. The, the, the king, the king is back. My doctor is back. And I am so excited. What about you? I know these teeth. <laughs> love it. Fun love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Reference. I'm. I think I'm. Look, I. I'm excited for the. Excited for the specials. Um, I think I understand. There's some tenth Doctor apathy going on now because of how much he's plastered over stuff. I think the specials are going to be great. I think I'd be less interested. If she just regenerated straight into Tenon. But the clothes changing? I'm like... Okay, the clothes changing I'm not here for, I'll be really honest. No, but it, there's... they No, because they wouldn't... Because some people were trying to be like, oh, oh why didn't they put him in the clothes? Uh, you yeah, know, because of... You know, what? No, no, listen. Right. Okay, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm no, listening. No, because, because Sasha Dewan gets to wear the outfit. They're not against putting them in the outfits. Mm. It's either one of two things. One, because it is mad actual fuckery that's gone on it's not it's, it's not normal it's not a normal it's regeneration not, yeah and that's part of it or two it's because that david tennant had a stand-in for that well apparently david did. tennant did have a stand-in yeah for that's that. what i mean like yeah because yeah, he had yeah. a stand-in they had to they if they had had the stand-in in jody's outfit you'd see the frame being different rather than just yeah. having him in the suit yeah um but yeah i think I think more likely, I think it points to there being something deeper afoot here than just a normal regeneration. Of course there is. No, of course there is. And I'm sure it'll be explained. But it did. I do always like seeing the previous Doctor's outfit on the new Doctor. I do enjoy that. Yeah, and I think I would have been disappointed if Sasha Dewan hadn't spent half the episode dressed in it as well. Love seeing Sasha in the outfit, though. That was great with the earring. Oh, yeah. The ear cuff. But no, I wouldn't want to be seen in that costume either, to be fair. So, yeah. fair dues. We'll yeah. get to it. Save it. Save it. 
But yeah, so what was your reaction to seeing David Tennant? I think it was just it it was the excitement of trying to work out who it was going to be. Yeah. And not yeah. knowing out of shooter or David who it was going to be. Then seeing David seeing the tie going, Oh, it's gonna be David. Seeing it was David, being very happy it was David, and then just getting sheer glee out of the the teeth reference and the the Watts. What? You can't not have the Watts. Yeah, I something I also really enjoyed, really niche reference, but you know when he has his hands on his face and he's like wiping them down. Oh, end of time. It's a, end of time parallel, yeah. yeah. It's gorgeous, love it, stunning. It's in the exact same way as well. How could a man it's move great. his hands down his face in the exact same way he did like, over a decade ago? Oh, David. Just... David, David, David. Um, And then the episode ends and my brain is pulsing so hard. My vein, my, my vein on my forehead is popping, it's popping off. And then we get a BBC announcement person say, if you're watching it live, um, which you should have been. Hello. Yeah, we were both watching it live. And they went, please stay around for a sneak peek. And I, again, in my TikTok, as you would have seen if you watched it, we got a fucking, we got a fucking sneak peek. I wasn't ready. I actually wasn't ready. And I've still not processed it. That was, yeah, that was like, I was, I was, I was full. I was like, oh, that's, what a good episode. And then I was ready to decompress. And then, yes, the continuity announcer said, who would like to see a sneak peek of the next series of Doctor Who? And I was like, well, oh, fucking, yeah, I think I would. Um, again, grabbed my friend's arm very tightly. I was like, they're going to fucking, they're going to show a trailer. Um, yep. And yeah, good, good stuff. I took the liberty of doing a shot by shot list of what happened. Are you ready? Go ahead. You got to be ready. Well, somebody please tell me what the hell is going on in this Doctor Who teaser. It starts off with the TARDIS in Camden, I'm assuming, because it looks like Camden. Then it goes to the 10th Doctor stepping out of the TARDIS. A la the way he stepped out of the TARDIS in The Christmas Invasion. That's all lopping fall into the door and holding onto it with his hands. It's amazing. How could one man exit the TARDIS so perfectly? Yeah, agreed. The Doctor is then standing in the street with people running about in panic in the background. There's chaos going on. He then looks over at Neil Patrick Harris's character, who waves menacingly. Elliot is now waving at me menacingly. Is Neil Patrick Harris the toy maker, the celestial toy maker? We don't know. We'll find out. Hope so. We hope so, and probably is. Then the Doctor and Donna are in a mechanical-looking room with things around them. Probs the TARDIS because of the floor, because the floor looks like the TARDIS floor. That's the most interesting one, because it's the only one that we've not seen location for. Well, that and the obvious one were the most exciting ones, because we've not seen location filming happen for them. This means, though, that we're probably going to see 10 in 13's TARDIS, right? Like, the whole interior of 13's so, TARDIS. Yeah, as long as we get to see more of the interior, I don't mind. Then we've got a shot of Donna turning dramatically. We love a dramatic turning shot. And we also love Donna Noble. My Donna. Donna fucking Noble, right? Then we've got a shot of the Doctor running down a corridor. Then we get a black truck flipping over in the street in fire, engulfed in flames, right? And then, my friends, the pièce de... The, the fucking glacier cherry on the fucking Doctor Who 
three-tiered, because it's gonna, it would be three-tiered, cake. Shuti Gatwa as the 15th Doctor. 15th, Russell said it, 15th Doctor, because this, at the moment, David Tennant's Doctor is the 14th. Shuti Gatwa standing outside somewhere saying, can someone tell me what the... In fact, no, cancelled. Elliot, can you read the line? Can you say the line again for us? Shuti Gatwa standing outside, dressed in David's outfit. Very yep. important. Well, yeah, you know, sort of, you know, the tie hanging over. Outside, grey skies behind him. And he says, can someone tell me what the hell is going on here? Shooty's in the 60th. Shooty's in the 60th. And even if it's only one scene, I don't care. I was, when I saw him, again, in the TikTok, go and watch it if you want to see me look, first of all, really tired, and also just go insane. Uh, yeah, no, seeing Shooty was needed. I didn't know how much I needed it until I saw it. I'm so excited, Elliot. I'm so excited. So I would like, if I may, to, I guess, maybe cap this off that I could have put it in the news section, but I didn't. I would like to read, because I feel like it's something that a lot of people don't, the press release that then came out with the teaser and everything, because this actually contains a lot of information. It says, here they come. As Jodie Whittaker's 13th Doctor regenerated on Sunday, 23rd of October, it was none other than David Tennant who appeared as the 14th Doctor. But what has led to the return of a much-loved face? Talking about the future, Ross T. Davies, showrunner, said, If you thought the appearance of David Tennant was a shock, we've got plenty more surprises on the way. The path to Shooty's 15th Doctor is laden with mystery, horror, robots, puppets, danger and fun. And how is it connected to the return of the wonderful Donna Noble? How? What? Why? We're giving you a whole year to speculate, then all hell lets loose. The three special episodes will transmit in November 2023 as Doctor Who celebrates its 60th anniversary. Imagine getting a release window over a year in advance. I was angry. <laughs> I mean, I'm angry because it's way too long. I I do think it's a bit long. There was there was way too many messages of me just saying the word "year" in capital letters to Damla. Um, a year. If you got three specials, spread them out. Um, yeah. But oh, puppets is definitely the toy maker. Puppets. It has to be. Puppets. 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 <laughs> puppets with Asbo's and ringtones <laughs> happy slappy puppets <laughs> so we have a little wrap up where we always ask the same set of questions to each other I wish you'll go first this time and ask Damla what is your standout moment love the classic doctors coming back that was really good um, and I really enjoyed it. That that for me, that was just a moment you can't beat it. It's it's great. What about you? Probably the regeneration. Yeah, just so good. I can't even express to you how I was feeling. I had like almost like nervous adrenaline running through me because I it was so unknown about how that was going to go, and I haven't properly experienced regeneration since I was a child. But what is a moment that didn't work for you? Not a moment, but a thing. Obviously, there was the obvious one about, you know, how Yaz's story has ended and how her time as the companion has ended. I really hate it. Hate it. But the main thing is that 13 was not in her own episode enough, her own final episode enough. That is just ridiculous to me. What about you? Yeah, I I think it's either it's either the the dual companion exits or it's how yeah, this doesn't feel like a sufficient wrap up to its own era. Yes. Again, regardless of your thoughts on it, it should 
conclude the era that it's based in. And it doesn't, and that's a shame. Agreed. But what is your most doctory moment? Mine is really easy. It didn't take me long to think about this one. It's, you know, the Doctor is dying. She is on her way out. She's regenerating, but she has time for an effing ice cream. It's so <laughs> funny. It's great, and it's really sweet. I really like it. What about you? Um, Honestly, probably her taking charge of that opening scene. I like it when the Doctor's in charge. I like planning strategy Doctor and sort of taking charge of that like heist on the train was quite a refreshing yeah. sort of Doctor moment. It felt very fitting for 13 as a sort of team leader. Yes. I really like that again as much. I really didn't like refreshing. that opening scene. I liked the three's dynamics throughout it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. What's your favourite line? I have... I have three. I have three. I actually have three. And you know what? Fuck you, because I'm going to say all three of them. I don't care, Elliot. I don't, I don't care. I don't care, as long as it's not one of mine. Because if it is, I haven't got any others written down, so then I'll be annoyed. Okay, can you do yours first, then? Mine's not a, a line, it's an interaction. Okay. And because I am a, a terrible loser, it's not, <laughs> it's not anything said by any of the current Doctor Who people. <laughs> It's during Tegan and Five's reunion. He says, "You th- you think you think you left, and I never thought of you again. I never forget any of you." And then Tegan says, "Yeah, well, what am I thinking? Seeing all these Cybermen?" And then Five says, "Adric, now, Braveheart." And then she looks at him. He goes, "What?" He goes, "I miss you." He goes, "I miss you too." So sweet. I just ah, oh. well, as soon as he said it's Adric, lovely. I just went oh. Andric and everything, and then yes, now Braveheart. I was just like, oh. But what are your three favorite lines? So it's none of it's, it's not what you said, so that's good. Um, you know, I really like that moment. So I have three. So my first one is when the seventh doctor's uh hologram says, All children leave home sooner or later, the joys to watch them fly. Okay. I really like that. Yeah, such a seventh doctor thing to say as well. It's lovely. It's really nice. My second one is when 13 speaks to Yaz when they're sitting on the TARDIS and she says, nobody else got to be us. Nobody else got to live our days. Nobody. And my hearts are so full of love for all of you. And then my last one is genuinely because, like I said, it's my favourite regeneration line of the of the revival is, right then, Doctor Whoever I'm about to be, tag, you're it. <laughs> Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Elliot. Mm-hmm. Before we leave everyone, after this fucking long record, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love you, but like we're both so tired. Um yeah. See how much we do for you people? We do so much. Uh, <laughs> we're so giving. <laughs> <laughs> we're giving. And we're giving. We're giving and we're giving, yeah. Um... We're serving many things. So, anyway, rating this episode out of five. First of all, going over to you, out of five, what would you rate this episode? Hard, really hard to say. Because I had fun. It's so much. I had so much fun. Better than the ear as usual standard, um, but it's also <laughs> nonsense. 
Quite <laughs> <laughs> hard to follow poorly written nonsense that's having more fun than that means Sense. it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. So I don't want I don't want the hype to let me overrate it. I think it's a very very good two and a half half marks half marks because of all the good stuff that it does and the really enjoyable elements but lacking those other half of the marks there for just not being a particularly compelling or well put together story that lacks some other key bits that I was potentially looking for in a wrap up to this. Better than what I was expecting doesn't mean it still couldn't have been much better than it was. What would you give it out of five? Well for me For you I would give it, I was going to give it a little bit higher, but on processing the episode, digesting it more and shitting it out, um, I, I'm i going to give it a three. Fair. Because I had a lot of fun with this. I had so much fun. I really enjoyed myself and it was way better than I thought it would be. Genuinely, really good time. It has some really they're kind of not a lot of issues, but the issues that I have are big issues. So it's actually quite a lot of issues. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, a three. A three out of five for me. Fair enough, honestly. So that brings the curtains down on another fantastic episode of the Come Along Pond podcast. I had great fun. Oh my God, I'm just... <laughs> it was a lot. Wow. But yeah. it was great fun. So much fun. And I now bring you into the patented admin segment so you can support us currently on patreon that is patreon.com forward slash come along pond podcast we have two wonderful pledges on there already at three pounds a month the only and lowest tier that we possibly offer for a shout out on the show we are supported by transgold aubrey and lewis we really appreciate their support however please do not feel pressured into having to support us on patreon just by listening to this you're doing us a massive favor you can rate us subscribe to us that would all mean the world i can promise you that so don't feel like you have to pledge your money speaking of supporting us you can support us on tiktok we are over there we are at come along pond podcast we have a great following on tiktok it's a really fun friendly environment to be on we post lots of silly things including damage reactions at the end of the episode so if you've listened to this and you've not seen that tiktok get over there now it's amazing i promise you it's so much fun <laughs> i will make an appearance i do promise you that um if you want updates information about episodes and other fun silly little stories we are also on instagram at come along pond podcast we also do reshare our tiktoks over there so that's a good way to get engaged if you send us a message we will also try and reply to it on that platform as well because it's really easy to do so if you have comments questions queries you want to email read out on the show you have anything to say to us please get in touch that is come along pond pod at gmail.com we will always reply to them, always let you know what episode it's attached to. We have two emails pending currently, just because the weird way we are recording this. They will be attached to the Idiot's Lantern, we do promise that. I will also get back in touch with you to reconfirm that you want that to happen. So, just as a heads up, that will be coming soon, but I do apologise. It will take slightly longer to get to your emails than it maybe should have. We are on Twitter at DW. That is going to get updated properly soon, I promise. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube. Just search Come Along Pond Podcast. Those are getting updated. We're doing about three sort of per week at the moment. We're trying to get those done in bulk, but it just takes too long. So they are coming. We do promise you that. I don't think I'm missing anything else. You can follow us on Spotify, on Apple, if you're listening to us on one and not the other. 
why not listen to us on both? Give us a five-star rating. Help us get back into the podcast charts. And with that, I've had a lovely time this evening. I've had the most chaotic and wonderful time <laughs> As with you. Usual. Yes. <laughs> Me too. It's been great fun. And full of well, beans. Full of beans. And with a, a catchphrase that I think sometimes we forget, I give you air from my lungs. <sighs> bye, guys. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, somebody tell me how the hell I'm going to end this podcast. <laughs> Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow-up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.